The four-day working week is back on the agenda after the Council of Trade Unions suggested it as part of a new economic development strategy for the country. Uh, they wanted to do a, well, they want to do a mass pilot of the idea, with policy director Craig Rennie saying it need not require lower pay or reduced output. Instead, he said the goal should be 100% of the output for 80% of the time at 100% of the pay. Andrew Barnes, entrepreneur and author of The Four Day Week, is just back from the UK. Kia ora, welcome Andrew. Kia ora Karen. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Have you just flown back into the country? Uh, yes, just literally a couple of days ago. Have you been at Oxford with the Wellbeing Research Centre? Yes, we were there at the, with the Wellbeing Centre and... Uh, we're actually involved on the, the board of the Wellbeing Centre, uh, which is a, a really exciting new initiative. Well, you'll be pleased, obviously, with this announcement from the CTU, but I wouldn't imagine you'd normally be in bed with the, the unions, would you? No, absolutely we would. I mean, in fact, we're running pilot programmes around the world. One of the most successful pilot programmes was run out of Ireland, which was actually a consortium of business and was led by the Forza Trade Union, because we have this view that this is not a political issue. What this is, is a policy that is better for everybody. It's better for employers, it's better for employees, and it's better for the economy, and then the environment and society. All right, I just want to play devil's advocate for a while here with listeners' texts uh, that have come into RNZ this evening. So I'll, I'll just start with the first one. Uh, re four days a week. An idealistic option if you work in an office simply doesn't work when you have to milk cows, pick crops, etc. at a time where there simply aren't enough people to go around. That was from Muzz. The, the final chapter of my book is called Cows Need Milking Twice a Day because it was prompted by exactly this point. Now, you think about that. What you're saying is there is no better way to do agriculture than the way we do it today. That's what you're saying if you believe there isn't a better way. And what's intriguing is since I wrote that book, we've now got the halter technology that allows you to milk your cows from your living room. So I genuinely just don't believe that that's right. Milk your cows from your living room. How do you do that? <laughs> done off the mobile phone and a halter that is round the cow's neck that enables you to steer the cow to the milking pot. How does that get on their neck? Oh, you have to put it on. It's a halter. That's what it's talked about. Um, it's, it's technology that's New Zealand technology, groundbreaking technology that's being introduced right now in New Zealand. All right, well, there you go, Muzz. There's an answer for you. Uh, this one, four-day weeks would be dire for freelance writers like myself and other contractors. It would make it so much harder to reach people in a timely fashion and timeliness, our ability to work at pace, is essential to our survival, frankly. If we don't get copy through, we don't get paid. You're always able to get hold of people. And in fact, you may well find that the people have more time to talk to you if they're better able to get their work done in four days rather than five, and as a consequence, have actually more time to actually spend talk talking to other people. So again, I don't believe that that's right. That is assuming that when you're at the office, you're always available, which you clearly aren't, or when you're at work, you're always available which you're not. So the four-day week doesn't really change that dynamic. What it's doing is making you work smarter when you're at work rather than just longer. 
So you would be talking to people in those four days. You wouldn't have to do it on the fifth day, for example. You have to put no, everything can, into the... Well, f- that's right. But are you always, if you need to talk to the self-same person, that's a different matter. You know, what are you talking about? What is the material you're getting? Are you being employed in their organisation? So I think you've got to find what this is about is about rethinking how you work. It's not getting this fixation that we have to do it you know, five days a week. This one. Imagine teachers taking a four-day week. Sounds great to me. Just which day would that be, Joe asks. Well, that would depend. There are 1,600 school districts in the United States right now doing the four-day week. And, in fact, uh, a series of universities are now starting to switch to teaching on a four-day week basis. A Stanford Medical School, for example, does it. One of the reasons is actually that they restructure their lessons. It actually then gives pupils more time to do things like set work without it, you know, leaking into the weekend. And then it means that the pupils are more rested, students are more rested, and therefore the quality of output is better. Well, Richard reckons it's la-la land, Andrews. He says economy in the doldrums, record inflation, high debt, high cost of living. Of course, just the time to cut working hours. Well, interestingly, halfway through our UK pilot, we did a survey of the companies that are operating with it. And actually, 49% reported productivity went up and 46% said productivity was the same. So this isn't about reducing output. It's not about uh, being less effective. In fact, what the evidence suggests is you can, if you take cars off the road, you will get less congestion. That would add 1.5% to Auckland's GDP just simply off the back of less congestion. It would meet our carbon emissions in one hit rather than having additional green taxes. Um, The reality is this is about productivity remaining the same, people working smarter and people having more time, therefore, to spend with their families. And interestingly, that probably means they will go out and spend more money in the economy. And most of the evidence around the world suggests that far from reducing activity, this will actually increase it and be beneficial to the economy. So, Andrew, the pilot in the UK, uh, how many businesses were involved in that? 73 companies involved in that. It's the largest pilot program in the world, Um, thousands of employees. And that's running at the moment with the research due at the beginning of next year. And what range of companies? It runs from a bank, uh, logistics companies. We've even got a fish and chip shop in there, probably now (laughs) the most famous fish and chip shop in England um, that's in Norfolk. How does that work? They're not open for three days. Uh, Well, no, you know, this is the whole point, that you don't necessarily close. What you do is you redeploy how your shifts work. So, for example, Volkswagen manufacture cars on a four-day week. Well, they will manufacture cars seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's just rethinking how you run the shift patterns in order to ensure that your customers are serviced. Perpetual Guardian, we have a four-day week. We have retail stores. We have to keep them open five days a week. So it just makes you rethink how you organize your company, how you organize your employees, how they organize themselves 
in order to make the, make customers still be serviced the way they expect. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't actually think of it like that. In regard mm, bizarrely, to... if you do shifts, it's actually very easy. It's harder when you haven't got a shift pattern. Right. Okay, Simon Bridges, uh, Auckland Business Chamber Chief Executive, um, said he, he thought that it was a great idea to start this conversation, try to think ahead, uh, but didn't think that small and medium-sized businesses want, his words, soft compulsion on this. That's partly why we run our programmes the way that we do. What we're trying to do is work with businesses, work with organisations, to show how you can implement it. The real policy role is to ensure that the legislation is then fit for purpose so it can facilitate things like flexible four-day week working. Under current New Zealand legislation, companies attempting to do this have to work their way around the intricacies of the Employment Relations Act and the Holidays Act, which positively penalise you from gifting your staff more time on. Okay, so it would need a, a, a rethink and a reworking of uh, that legislation. Yes, it, it would, but I think he's right. What we're talking about here is getting, you know, both sides, business, unions, politicians, to get sit down and experiment. This is the whole point of these trials. So we can draw the conclusions as to what we can do to make this work. But if it does work, and we think it does, we think it's very beneficial. But you've got to also recognise that now countries are getting involved in this. So, for example, the UAE has already got to a four-day week. And across Europe, you're seeing country after country introducing legislation to facilitate a four-day week. And ultimately, we're all competing for the same talent. And so what we need to do as a country is be able to attract and retain the best talent in the world. Right, so the, the mass pilot idea would be akin to the UK one, where you might have something like 70 um, companies involved in it. Is that the number that you want? Well, I would like to have large numbers of companies, plus I'd like to have um, government bodies as well participating in the pilot. And certainly that's what we're seeing. We're talking to the Spanish government, the Portuguese government, Hungarian government at the moment about how they might structure, you know, large-scale pilots in their countries. And, of course, Iceland did a comparatively large-scale pilot program as well. So, you know, this is a trend that more and more countries are looking at in order to try and rethink, re-challenge the norms of work. And so you're obviously speaking to Craig Rennie and the Council of Trade Unions on this. Uh, we have been talking to the CTU for quite some time, as we have also been talking to, you know, political parties of all persuasions. As I say, this is not a political issue. This is not a labour issue, nor a business issue. For this to work, everybody has to work together because everybody benefits at the end of the day. And what would you say, Andrew, to, to those business owners, uh, people who are running small companies, even even large companies who just feel fearful about this, that they're going to lose out in some way? How do you assuage that fear? Well, that's why we do. We suggest people run pilot programs, do a trial, work out whether it works for your business, how it works for your business. 
But but there's an old saying which is attributed to uh, Henry Ford, which was, you know, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And that's actually one of the problems here, that people sit there and say, well, it would work for there, but it wouldn't work in my business. The reality is somewhere in the world, there is a company in your business doing it now. And your biggest risk is not not trying the four-day week. It's your biggest competitor does it first. Andrew, thank you very much and appreciate you taking time out tonight. Thank you, Karen. It's Andrew Barnes, author of The Four Day Week.